Hello and welcome to this edition of the Get Your Film Fix podcast. I am Jeremy Fisk and I am joined by Chapin Hemingway and Lee Carlo, both drinking a nice fine wine in these times. Uh, today we are going to talk about the Robert Zemeckis 2000 film Castaway. And then we're going to have play, play a fun little game where we're going to try to... Uh, recast Castaway and maybe change the director of Castaway, uh, you know, see uh, if we had to, gun to our head, who else would we have uh, act in that movie and direct that movie? We live or we die by the clock. That's how long we have. Two lines, two lines, one to the airport truck, one to the Moscow truck. Nikolai, tick-tock, 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 tick-tock. 50 seconds! When that clock hits zero, you send this truck. I don't care if Lennon himself comes out of his tomb with a priority package. I absolutely positively have to get to Memphis tonight. We'll do our best. Okay, I'll cancel Saturday. No, don't, no. If I'm not here, I'm not. Just so long as you're here, New Year's Eve. I will be here New Year's Eve, I promise. Two more minutes! Thanks! Hey! Oh, my. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. I love you. I love you too. I'll be right back. Fire engine one. All right, guys, so we are doing Robert Zemeckis's Castaway this week for a couple of reasons. One, it's part of our 2000 series where we're going back and um, taking a look at all the popular and critically acclaimed films of the year 2000. And the other reason is because we're all in quarantine right now and we're all isolated on our own little islands so we thought hey let's watch a movie where we get to see tom hanks really alone on an island um so this this movie's really like you think about castaway you know previous to having rewatched it or maybe even now you think of this is a, a a one guy one performance this is about tom hanks on an island, trying to survive, yelling at a volleyball. Um, and what what I kind of took away from Castaway, and that the part of the movie that got me thinking the most is actually post island, the post uh, survivor part of that movie, uh, especially with what we're going through now and you know sort of self-isolating and the a little bit of the loneliness of it uh what what can cast away what what can zemeckis teach us about the reintegration part back into society what do you think his ultimate goal was there 
and did it, did it succeed? Because, and the reason I, I, I want to ask this is because he dedicates a lot more of this movie, a lot more time of this movie to that part of it than I initially remembered. Mm-hmm. And I have my thoughts, and I'll wait on that, and whether I think it was successful or not, and whether I think those relationships that he fostered were successful or not. But what do you think his ultimate... This isn't just a survival movie. I think there's something else going on there. And what was he trying to teach us with that part of the film? Well, I don't know if it was Zemeckis necessarily, but the film, I think, in general is is about time. You know, like kind of conspicuously that the film you know starts with um chuck being a sort of systems manager systems analyst for fedex how to figure out how to get things faster 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 uh his first introduction to us the audience he's giving he's lecturing a bunch of <laughs> russians uh about uh how they need to work faster and faster it's and he's shipped a himself a clock um and you know i think that scene is pretty funny and hopefully we talk a little bit more about it but i think you know Hanks does his best to appear to be an asshole in that scene, but it, it's very difficult to, to think of Tom Hanks as an asshole. But I think what the, the significant thing when he comes back from the island is that he has a different concept of time. Like, you know, he time was taken away from him um, those four years on the island. He had no control over himself. He had no control over what, you know, he says that at the end, like about, you know, whether, whether he would die or not. Um, and you know, time is that is a good metaphor and a good sort of management of time for him as a person before he landed on the island, and then he comes back and it's kind of a different, a different approach. And I mean, the one thing we could, might be able to take about take away from this in isolation is that, you know, there's not much control we have over this, right? Like, uh, I know you don't really want to talk about this, Lee, <laughs> but uh, it it just. You know, like this is this is just what's happening, and it's happening to everybody in the world. And and Jeremy, you and I were talking a little bit about the stock markets, and I kind of feel the same way about that. It's like th- it's out of your control. And so when he came back from the island, he was, I think he was just kind of like letting the world come to him, and he was experiencing it in a way that, um, you know, without without a whole lot of, um you know, hesitation, but also, you know, not, not really within the confines of the way people think about, uh, about life, you know, like going over to his ex fiance's house in the middle of the night to give her this watch, you know, like that, that scene kicks off a whole huge moment between them. But you know, that's, that's not something a normal person would do. I think a normal person would be angry and upset and would, you know, sulk about it but he went over in the middle of the night with no concept of what time it was and decided to just do it because that's what he wanted to do yeah the theme of time is certainly the most prevalent one in this movie and like Chapin said I think they're pretty clear about that a theme that I've always taken away especially from the end that's also not particularly hidden is is about loss and Mm -hmm. And a lack of control, and and to be honest with you, I wish, I wish this movie really went all in on that, and it fails to. But there's there's a great line in this uh, at the end when he's talking to Helen Hunt, and he's been back, and he says he never should have gotten on that plane, he never should have gotten out of the car. But who could have ever known that that would happen? And and you know, I think it's it's there to tell us like yeah like of course you can regret that now that you've seen what's happened over the last four years 
and you've lost so much now and the world has changed around you, you know, there's additionally kind of a, a silly little line about the uh, Houston Oilers moving to Tennessee and uh, almost getting in the, uh, almost winning the Super Bowl. And we, we remember that game and it's, it's kind of a nice look back at that. And you kind of think like all this stuff happened when he wasn't there, and, but it's not his fault. And then unfortunately this movie has a little bit of a Hollywood ending in the pouring rain when Helen Hunt runs out and they kiss and she always knew they were that he was alive and I've always disliked that I always thought that the whole point of this movie was that this didn't happen that he lost that because of everything that happened to him and I think that's a theme that's explored and I think him grappling with that and him trying to understand that is a lot of what's going on in the unspoken moments in those scenes after he gets off the island and those I think are some of the best scenes of that act when the dialogue starts going and people are trying to explain things and talk to him and he's trying to talk about things I thought were less effective but I think that idea of loss and the things that were out of his control and kind of dealing with that loss are, are a pretty important theme in this movie too yeah I mean you, you kind of hit on where I was going with that Lee like I feel like Zemeckis cushioned both your topics. I, I feel like he cushioned the idea of time and he cushioned the idea of loss. He could have really kind of gone all out because it is a like it is such a powerful thing to have and such a unique thing to have lost that time, to have lost those people and then to come back to it. Like that is that is such a unique experience that hopefully no you know you you wouldn't wish on anyone but having done it you can really portray those sensibilities and those motifs pretty hard but like i i feel like when i say he cushions it i mean like that scene you're talking about with helen hunt out in the rain and he he gets that moment with her he he gets to sort of soften the blow a little bit um and I don't, you know, I don't necessarily think that's an un. I mean, other than it being like in the rain and it all that, I don't think it's necessarily unrealistic for them to have the feelings. I just feel, I, I just feel like Zemeckis kind of Hollywood, like, turns it into a bit of Hollywood that that he didn't need to do to really emphasize the, uh, the, the extreme nature of this story. Yeah, I mean that's always been my my feeling. I I've always thought that this movie is this movie should be a tragedy, and it still is to a certain extent and in a lot of ways. And I think that's a credit in many instances to Tom Hanks. But that scene negates all of that. But um, why? Why does it? I don't think it does. Why do you think it does? Because, I mean, it do, it doesn't totally. I don't think it negates it totally. I just think it, it doesn't because it. he says afterwards, and he said he he understands that she needs to go home. They're not going to run away together, you know. It's but there is just this moment where like there's this moment of closure for him with her that I don't think belonged in this movie. And I, 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 it's just, it's interesting because we're you know working backwards with this movie we're talking about the you know one of the last <laughs> scenes of the movie and all this stuff that led up to it we haven't really okay. discussed yet but i just think that closure that he gets wasn't part of this story i think oh, I I th at least what i like about this story is is how his life changes it 
out of with no control at all. He has no control over it. And it changes and it changes for the worse. And then when he gets back, it's not better because everybody went on with their life for four years. Yeah. Like, Hers and I too. think that Yeah, and I think that's a tragedy. It is a tragedy. So she moved she moved real quick. I mean she has like a three and a half year old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well there's that. But 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 barring the details, I think that makes it more tragic. They come back, they have this moment. You you I mean what I, th- I we'll get into this, but I think this movie, the mechanics of this movie are so intelligent. And when you get back, you have no there's no cutting back to Helen Hunt while he's on the island. You you're with him the mm-hmm. whole time. It's such a smart decision. And so when you get Correct. back, you don't know what she's been through and you get a sense of what she's been through while talking while he she talks to him. And so because of that, um it's it's more tragic because she you see that she still cares for him and she's locked into this um you know to to sort of social pressures relationships whatever you whatever you want to call it the things that that chuck had to sort of abandon with his time on the island and as a result like she has to go back to chris noth and her or her three-year-old or what you know her her kid because she can't act on a whim like he can or like he's learned to he she has to go back to you know what society and what morals tell her she needs to do and that's tragic yeah i think that's true i think i I agree with both of you i'm sort of uh you know i feel like i feel like what you're saying chapin could it's there it's all there and i felt it you know watching this movie like but i also see what lee's saying as far as i think it was a it, it was done in a way where uh, it, it was a little too glossy. I, I feel like it could have been. Yeah. Here's what I'll say: is that there's a moment, the moment Tom Hanks backs out of the garage in the car, and you have that shot of Helen Hunt standing there in the garage waiting. She has a look on her face that she like that this is you know she doesn't know what she's thinking. I mean, we've seen the movie, so we know what's going to happen. And Tom Hanks drives away, and there's just it's just this guttural feeling that you have. And just thinking about the loss, thinking about this tragedy. And that all was gone for me when she ran out in the rain and he comes back and gets out and they kiss. That, that, whole, that feeling, that intense feeling that I got in that moment was gone. And like, what do you think the point of them getting in that car together was just to show the audience, hey, oh, are they going to run away together or are they not? Like, I feel like that moment had already passed and they already showed everything they needed to show. I, that's well, the part I'm thinking. Express, too... She didn't express how she felt about him until that point. I mean, they did kiss when he left in the garage there. They did. But not quite and like I think, that. I mean, it was sort of a... No, but they didn't kiss in the rain and hold each other like the notebook. But I don't think they needed to. Anyway, let's move on from that. I think it's interesting that there's some inter- more interpretation there. I mean, I've always felt this way about about that that part of the ending. Um, well, and I think we should, you know, we'll talk about the rest of the movie, but I do think we should come back to the end and come back to the FedEx box and the actual yes, ending of this movie. But uh, <laughs> we can we can get there a little later. Um, here's another question I have for you guys. Do we give, in, in a movie like this, do we give too much credit to the actor here? 
and and what I mean is, is it Tom Hanks being alone on an island because we like him so much and he's a, you know he is a good actor and he lost all the weight and he you know went all out for this role? Is that really what's what's keeping our interest, or could it have been most anybody? And it's the survival story part of it. Um, I think you're on to something where maybe we give Hanks too much credit here, and that isn't a discredit to his performance. I think he's best on the island in this movie, um, mm-hmm. and he's really good. Um, but I do think that it's possible we are giving him a little bit too much credit. I don't think it's just the survival story. I think some credit is due to Robert Zemeckis and the way, and the writer too, and the way that like just little things kind of work and fall into place. Chapin talked about the mechanics of this movie, and I think it's all very smart. I mean, you know, you think about the FedEx aspect of this movie, and it seems so secondary, but it's so pivotal because you need every one of those FedEx packages for the skates, for the videotapes that he uses as rope, and and obviously Wilson, the volleyball. Um, So I think there's a lot of credit that needs to be given um, to the people that put this movie together because it's it's collaborative I think I think Hanks deserves a ton of credit I mean the relationship with Wilson is a great example I mean the way that that's written the way that that's directed and the way that that's acted by Hanks is pulled off so well I mean if you have any issues with the emotional beats and the you know the final chapters of this movie I don't think I then you'd be I think you'd be lying to yourself if you had didn't have a connection with Wilson and Chuck in this movie I mean when he loses Wilson and he's yelling to the volleyball, like you feel for him so intensely, like that's ridiculous, but it works in this movie. And that's a credit to Hanks, but the way Zemeckis put this together, the way that the script was structured, I think are all things that we need to point to, um, with these scenes on the Island. I think, um, it's a real Testament to the concept of movie stardom. You know, I, movie stars are not quite as important in modern films and you could argue you know is tom hanks really worth 25 percent of the budget here you know you made a ton of money on this movie but you know you go in and you like i said with that first scene you know he's kind of playing an asshole i bet the i bet on the page that that first scene he was meant to look like a real jerk and he kind of he kind of makes this has this emotional arc where he ends up to being this different person but at that that isn't quite as like solidified because Hanks, you like Hanks so much, and you know right. Hanks. I was going to ask you if that I, works. I think that's a good thing because I, 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 it would make no sense for him to be just that character to be I such agree. an asshole totally. there, and then to be that sort of great family man, or, exactly. or you exactly. know, and that wouldn't make any sense. And and I don't know. I, I think it 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 falls short even as is, even with Hanks playing it. Um, I. It does come across like a, a different character out of a different movie for that first scene. I think what it should, what it was trying to do, is show how good at, at his job this guy was. But I think it came across a little bit more like, "Hey, here, here's an asshole trying to do his job." I know. I think that that opening scene failed on a number of levels because it felt out of place. I didn't know. If it what it was doing, whether it was what you're saying, Tapin, or what you're saying, Jeremy, whether he's it's showing him as an asshole, whether it's him showing he's really good at his job, whether it's trying to show him that he's 
you know, overly committed to his job and sacrificing too much. And <laughs> what? Um, I I had to cover your your video, Chapin. You were distracting me. Why? Uh, why do you think? Um, I don't. I just did that scene didn't work for me. I completely forgot that it was in the movie. I was surprised how much of this, how much movie there was before the plane crash. I'd completely forgotten about that. And I think it was all there to kind of show you, I guess, how distracted he is by his job or how yeah. much he's, I mean, you he's know, flying this, out the, Christmas night. Right. Like the, you know, you he, get, where yeah. his, where his priorities are. <laughs> but the end of the movie isn't about prioritizing. So he didn't, it's not like we're seeing him learn that lesson. And on the island, we don't see him, I guess, I mean, you see him prioritize things on the island out of necessity, but it, it doesn't seem like what we're introduced at the beginning is uh, is the beginning of, is like the problem, and then he learns the lesson by the end. So I found that opening out of place, you know, I, again, I think it is an issue that it's hard to find Tom Hanks to be an asshole. Maybe that's a, a casting problem with this movie. I don't know. I don't think I think it helped that scene. I think that I agree with you, Lee. I think that scene is out of place, but I think it helped to have Tom Hanks there because it, it merges that scene with the, the rest of his character a little bit better than it would if th- somebody else had played that completely dickish. Also, it's because if you went from that to the Christmas table scene, <clears throat> you'd be like, "Who are these? Why is this? How is this the same guy?" <clears throat> right. I mean, that's all there for just to see him. He's, it goes back to the time theme. Like, he's moving quickly through everything. Like, yeah. his, the yeah, conversations the at the table are quick. Like, every, he, he's in Russia, then he's back at Christmas, and he's gone again. And then it, it's all about, you know. The time theme's the time. pretty obvious. I mean, it starts I mean, with the a clock. clock. She yeah. gives him a, a <laughs> clock for a present. Um, it, it's about him getting from point A to point B. It's, uh, the, there could have been a little bit more subtlety maybe with the time aspect of it. I, I gotta disagree with you guys. I love that opening scene, but um, I think I'm gonna fall on that side of things for most of this conversation. So That you loved it? Yeah. This is one of my yeah. favorite movies. Um, okay. So let's roll with that. I mean, I have always liked this movie. I would say I liked it less this time than I had remembered. Oh, um, see, I liked it more. That's I liked it more this time. See, look, like there's a lot of really good things about this movie, and and we've talked about a lot of them. I felt like I wasn't impacted by this movie as much as I have been in the past, and that uh, I found a little bit disappointed. Disappointing. Yeah. I mean, I look, I, I I was asking myself like, okay, when you flash, when you're on the island and you flash forward four years, d- did I get that feeling like, oh, holy shit, he's been there for four fucking years now? Like this is nuts. Like I just didn't get that feeling like i talked about the end that gut feeling i got at the end before she ran out and kissed him like i was looking for more of that in this movie i mean like this movie has enormous stakes and it it puts a character through something that like you kind of can't imagine i mean he's Mm -hmm. he's on this island for 1500 days like trying to survive he's gone through his own dental surgery. He's gone through trying to kill himself. He's gone through all these types of things that like, you can't even imagine a human being having to do. And I just like had a hard time being like, Jesus, this is terrible. And I felt like that was needed in this movie. And maybe I got that the first time. Maybe I've gotten that 
other times I've watched it, I just didn't get it this time. And I think that's the most important thing. If you're not going to take anything else from this movie, you have to have that reaction. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, uh, there's no denying if you, if you didn't feel that way, Lee, but I would just say, um, you know, this movie is very sort of regimentally broken up into three parts. Mm-hmm. That second part, the four years later part, I think that I think that that was ultimately for me the least interesting of all the segments of the three segments. But um, I do think you see that loss. I mean, he's on that island with like nothing to do, nothing to read, nothing to you know keep his mind active, and he's just a different. He's like a beaten man when he's eating that raw fish. The first thing you see him eating, and, and it's like you can tell he's thinking about life at home kind of going on without him. And, um, are you talking about at the beginning? Yeah. Like the the early, beginning earlier the, before he's fi- like learned how to survive there. No. Four the, years the, later. Four years later. No. Yeah. Yeah. Cause see, I like, that's what I didn't like. That's what I feel like there was a, the, that gap that in between the four years, and I'm not asking for us to see this whole thing played out. No, but I but know like, what you're going to say. I think I you agree. get a, you get a long stretch of like the initial survival. Like how, yes. what's he got to do to just get by until he can get rescued. Like then the, you like fight the four to four years later. Two weeks. Yeah. For now it's four years later. He knows he's not getting rescued and now he's spearing fish from like 50 yards away. He's got this figured out and that's a pretty short segment. He just kind of ha- like, you kind of see his routine until well, the wind changes and, and he's gone. Like you don't ever see like the, the real I, dark days of, I, of this I think, journey. I think it's interesting to see that person fail in those circumstances or to f- not necessarily fail, but to see those, that person learn. I think that's always interesting. But like, learn, the like discover- learn what? What do you mean? The discovery of stuff, the discovery of how to open a coconut, so the, the discovery the of, yeah. But I, th- I think like with to to agree with Lee, I think like so that first part's two weeks. But I would like to see those discoveries in between too. There was a million discoveries between those first two weeks and those sure, four years. Sure, sure. Uh, and I'd be interested to see those. I mean, there was stuff that happened. Obviously, alluded to almost killing himself. Uh, you know. There, yeah, I, I, I kind of agree. There, that's, that's interesting to watch in a survival movie. Is um, that person surviving, figuring it out? And I think there's ways to like the fact that they decide that they made the decision to flash forward four years was a bold choice because they left themselves with really only one option, and that's what does this guy become four years later? And how is he still alive? And the only way that that can be is that he's learned to live, you know, on that island for four years, which is means he can, you know, spear fish. It means he's set him. He's like got a setup for himself, and you know, he hasn't gone completely insane. Although there are some nice touches that kind of show how he's lost it a little bit while on that island, and they're kind of few and far between. But I like them. Um, but yeah, I just had I just had a hard time with the impact of this movie. I just felt like that was missing a little bit and whether that means you got to see a little bit more of those dark days and amidst those four years or or you don't have him and helen hunt kiss at the end like something was missing in that department for me but i still really like this movie i still think that that second act basically the entire all of the scenes from the plane crash to his rescue i think are really really well made and really well done and really exciting so 
credit is due there. I, I could do without the bookends. I mean, to be honest, even though that's sort of what sets up the themes of the movie. Yeah. I, I, I don't know, Sorry, though. Chapin. Like, I, 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 the reason I brought up the ending first is because I think, like, it hit me on a certain level. Even though I don't think it was completely executed well, um, I, I felt that. I felt that when you loss say the of end, time. You... Okay. No, not the end end, but the loss of time, the loss of the relationship, the people moving on, the just that whole thing, I definitely it registered with me more this time around watching that movie and i mm. think it could have been done even better but i i i appreciated it um and i i i i thought that was all it 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 was done well enough that it had an impact on me this time around hmm. so Ch- chapin what is what what do you love so much about this movie it's a good question um I, I begin love, with everything. Yeah, I love that it's a. <clears throat> I love that it's. I think one is that I, I love its simplicity. I yeah. think it it's a it's kind of a very basic movie, and I don't mean that in the sort of pejorative sense that mm-hmm. the word has now, but it's it's not. Um, it doesn't try to complicate things. It just. I think it understands that this is this is something I've thought about this scenario a lot, like what it would be like to be trapped on a deserted island and not just from like, how would I survive, but also like, how would people remember me and would they remember me? And what would it be like if they had a, you know, would they okay. have a funeral I'm going to answer the me? question. No, you wouldn't survive. No, people probably wouldn't remember you. <laughs> oh, we'd have a funeral. Why yeah, would, we'd have why a funeral. Why would I survive? I mean, we don't have well, time wait, to get what's this? What's the scenario? Is it the same scenario? Yeah, it's the same scenario. I don't think I can figure out. I can figure out a fish. I, I did. I I was surprised at how quickly he sort of figured things out on that island. Okay, yeah. So there are some lines, and there's some lines that highlight that, like when he does some math on the wall. Yeah. And when he does math, like, and he figures and then he's out like what it's it, twice the size of Texas. I'm like, who the fuck would know that? Like. Yeah. <laughs> And it's just you don't know how big Texas. Well, see, there you go. That's why I would survive. I know how big Texas is. Okay, so if you if you did that like ridiculous math, he figures out to fi- and figures out that it's five hundred thousand square miles that need to be covered to search for him. You'd be <laughs> like, uh, yeah. Twice I don't know that Texas. I need. That's I don't right. know that I needed to be like that. Um, you know, <laughs> I could just I could see Chavin being like, oh fuck, I'm just, it's twice the size of Texas, and then he looks over, he can see a building over. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's ever gonna fun. Oh shit! There, it's, uh, it's like it's actually only two miles, sir. We'll, we'll be there in a minute. <laughs> you're, you're just at a sushi restaurant. <laughs> um, okay. I I also like the simplicity of this movie, and I think that is especially true for the Have scenes you guys, on the island. You never thought about that before. You never thought what it would oh, be like to crash on an island oh, of like course. that. Yeah, okay, and I always think it would be awesome. Yeah, I don't. I try not so to cool. think about it in such grim I, terms. <laughs> I, I like. I think it would be better if all three of us did it together, though. Right. We've talked about that before, and we always talk about what movies we'd bring <laughs> <laughs> because we'd have to bring electricity. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's a show on the BBC called Desert Island Disc. It's about what music you would bring to a desert island, and like this is something people have thought about before. Wait, of course, there's a it whole is. Show about that. It's but just, look, it's, and look, it's, 
on the BBC. The idea yeah. of the desert island is great. They made a six-season show that, for better or worse, was very successful. Yeah, Lost was based on this movie on a, on a desert island, and the beginning the beginning seasons of Lost, the early seasons of Lost, are amazing and fantastic, and were hard to shut off. And I think there is absolutely something about that concept that's very much a draw for people. And the simplicity of those scenes and the simplicity of that setting and with one character and very little dialogue, I think, is uh, a challenge for filmmakers, but also is very successful in this movie. But I think the bookended scenes, for lack of a better description, complicate that in a way that isn't entirely necessary for this movie. And I also think that that simplicity was was a detractor for me this time around not in the filmmaking not in like the execution but just in i just felt like the the emphasis was lost on me this time i don't See, think that lo- was the case the first time i don't think it was the case probably many times i've watched it's just this time i, I, just lo- didn't I love the, the structure thing. i love I the structure i just think it it could have been i think the bookends could have been done a bit better by the bookends do you mean the woman the woman in texas Oh, no, I really I just mean the first act and the third act. So that's right. another thing to talk about because that's sort of like it really, it it's I've an ending got, after an ending. I never got that. Why he kept that box? Well, it had a satellite radio in it. What? I don't know. <laughs> just saying. Oh, that's if the joke. Imagine if like he opened he it up. Yeah. Well, they, they the FedEx, FedEx did a Super Bowl commercial, and that was the joke. Oh, really? Yes. Where like some guy? Oh, I think I remember that. Yeah. So. I don't know. I I wish I, I wish I had time to defend this movie. I mean, I guess I have fifteen you minutes, do. but I don't know. I, I just I just think it's such a brilliant movie, I, and I don't. I think it's so ballsy, and it's exactly the type of movie I want to see that we don't really see that much of anymore. And it's a, it's an original idea that has a, a, a sizable budget on it, so you can realize a lot of things you wouldn't be able to see, you know, with without it and. I think it's technically a really, really well-handled movie. I think this movie made me think of Zemeckis in a way that I've never, you know, thinking about it in context of this podcast, that I've never thought of him before. I mean, you you can understand why he went this, went the way for, you know, that wayward period where he's doing all that, uh, what do we call that? The, the a weird animation. Yeah, the photo real animation stuff, because his camera is so... Uh, I, I just think Zemeckis is a, a a technical master, and the way he moves his camera in this movie, the way he, the, the editing, the, the technical aspects of this film are so smartly done, and they're done in a way that's conservative. It's it's like he's doing a lot less with more, and I think this is like I said, the, the this kind of big budget Hollywood movie. This is the kind of movie I love. It's like an original idea with the resources to make it on a scale that. Um, that the that the film requires and i want to see more movies like this and i this is the example i think of and i think when when we you know we're looking at these two years we looked at 99 and now we're looking at 2000 and there's a bit of a precipice there and i think 2000 is a is a new uh, a new plateau a new place where we're going where we were going with films and this movie is one of those and it was combining all these sort of technical new technical tools that he had at his disposal with kind of some classical like the classical um, appeal of Tom Hanks and like his sort of um, Zemeckis's kind of you know 
schmaltzy directing, you know, from the Forrest Gump era. And I think though the combination of all those things really came together perfectly. Okay. And and I agree. And just to clear this up, like I don't I don't have the same admiration for this movie as you do, but I do still really like this movie for all the reasons you just said. And the opening and closing aside, I think you know, this movie is done in a really masterful way from start to finish. The impact it had on me now, though, is is totally subjective. It's not negating any of the things you're talking about. It's just the response I had to at this time, and I can't do anything about that. Um, You know, except maybe try again when I'm not in quarantine, maybe in a better mood or something. Who knows? (laughs) But... I think everything you're saying is right. I I love how well this movie is made technically and not in a showy way. Like, everything seems so in place the way that it's shot. And, you know, I I was reading about how so much of the, um, you know, well, so much, a lot of the dialogue that was on the island had to be done in post-production because the island was so loud. Yeah. And, you know, you would never know. I mean, it's done flawlessly. And so... A lot of attention to detail, a lot of really good work in this movie, and that all that deserves credit. And so I understand why you like this movie that much if those are the reasons, Chapin. I mean, I, I can't argue with you. But I don't even mean yeah, I, th- I don't even mean like the technical pieces are good in and of themselves. I think there's some shoddy, you know, visual effects in some places that are pretty bad, but like when um, he rides up on that wave. Yeah, but but <laughs> but the way he films the movie, the way he give he puts you in into Tom Hanks's shoes. I think that like his his choices to cut and his choices not to cut in a lot of places. Um, sure. I don't know. I I just think this this I, I get why this movie is often parodied and people make fun of it and people think it's Forrest Gump when it's not because it's the same people who made it. But I don't think it is. I th- I think it's I think it's very sophisticated emotionally. Um, and it really always makes me well up when I see those scenes. I think it's because of that sense of loss. And man, well, that's yeah, exactly no, I, what I, I mean. Yeah, I'm somewhere in between you guys. I mean, like I said, I, I really, I, I felt those those sense of loss and time and uh, being uh, on the this time around a lot. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, I don't know. What, let's talk about the let's talk about that FedEx package. I, I'm curious what your interpretation of that. So basically, if you haven't seen the movie, there's a FedEx package. He doesn't open. He gets about a dozen of them. He opens them all except for one that he keeps. And I guess the idea is that it's some hope that he can one day deliver this package and hope that keeps him alive. Right, and it, and it's got a it's got a. We, we see the woman is a, an artist who designs things and she's got her sort of symbol of wings of wings that she's painted on each sort of new, a little small piece of art on each FedEx thing, which we then see sort of translated into Chuck's response to being bored alone on the island. He's drawing pictures of uh, first of um, Helen Hunt's character, but then of the wings um, from the FedEx box. So it's clearly some sort of inspiration for him. And then he then he paints it on his sale which eventually allows him to escape the island yeah i never really got this point of the movie and i guess that's it like it's just the hope to deliver the package one day and then he does and that hope kept him alive i mean that aside from that i've never had a, a good interpretation for it so as a result it's never really been a piece of this movie that 
I had any effect on me. I could have, I could, I could have totally lost those. I think it's a good, it's like a good screenplay convention. Yeah, it's good on paper. I agree. You know what I mean? On paper, it's like, okay, how do we connect these things? We gotta, we have to, we have to show how. Like the, I, I read that in a little bit of the research for this that the that Tom Hanks thought about these 747s flying over the Pacific Ocean, filled with packages three times a day, and what would happen if one of those crashed? And you got to you sort of have to establish for the audience how that works. There's this like woman in in the middle of nowhere in Texas who's FedExing things to her husband in Russia for whatever reason, um, and you know that's the way this works. And okay, fine, but. I don't know. There's all these theories that like he he went back to like marry that the redheaded woman or the, you know he made babies with her is something Tom Hanks has said. But I I really hope that that's not what people had in mind. You know, like I yeah. I I, hate, I actually really hate that if that's actually what the ending is. And I'll throw this movie out if that's the case because fuck that. Yeah, yeah. That would uh, uh, yeah. I mean that's. It's clearly not there, though. Like that's a, that's an interpretation you have to stretch a little bit. But do you guys think um, like he writes that note? He says this package saved my life. He doesn't say help yeah. save my life. I mean, did Helen yeah. Hunt save his life, or did the package save his life? Make up your mind, mate. Exactly. Exactly. And 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 I think this movie kind of ends twice too, which is sure. a problem it has because it ends with that. The Helen Hunt story is more interesting. It's more impactful. It's the relationship he had. And this this FedEx thing is sort of a side note that then, you know, adds 10, 15 minutes to the movie. I mean, I like the idea of this guy who's been, like, trapped on, you know, a quarter mile of beach for four years, taking his Jeep Wrangler car that he take, takes away from his ex fiance. And then drive, you know, from Tennessee and then drives it to Texas just because he wants to see the country and have the freedom of getting out there. I love that idea. I don't like, I don't want him to go be with that woman. I want him to just be Chuck. That, that's just, not going to happen, Chapin. Calm down. That's not a real thing. <laughs> no, but lots, that's what everybody thinks. No, I could see, I could see that interpretation because he doesn't read the internet. It, that he that he follows her <laughs> creepily because he turns around yeah. he turns around to the yeah. he's at a crossroads he's yeah. he turns around to all the crossroads and he's eventually facing back the way she was going and so everybody thinks she he, and she says that's the middle or that is a whole lot of nothing yeah. going that way so there's no other reason he'd go there other than except that that's her. his new normal now is a whole lot of nothing it's the only pl- only way only place he knows to survive yeah, and I, I think I, I also think with the reintegration back into society part, they tried to like they tried to do, add these little touches to show that he's not quite there yet, and like he's him sleeping on the ground and right. uh, turning on and off the lights. But I felt like he was a little bit too quickly. Um, Sane. ingrained himself yeah back into society i mean he has these big speeches about ice in his cup and people and and stuff that i just felt were a little bit too on the nose and and that's the sort of stuff i i meant by like it glossed it up a little bit i, I didn't need those speeches i knew how he felt i mean i wanted to see more of the isolation that he felt with people that um 
just as equally as I felt while he was all alone on that island because you have to feel isolated even with people after four years of being by yourself and them and not just because you're by yourself but them not knowing what you went through like that's the biggest thing and I think that this movie does a pretty good job of showing what he went through and people not understanding what he went through but him they, what it doesn't do a good job of is him sort of internalizing that feeling back to us if that well, makes any sense that, yeah. that's what I was talking about when I mentioned earlier about those scenes the scenes when when there wasn't any dialogue at the end when it was just nobody had anything really to say I thought were so effective because what do you say what can he say like I just think that was more interesting than when he was trying to describe to his friend how you know he had to you know test out the suicide rope bef- beforehand. I felt like that scene didn't really work. The you know I you know I, I can't be too hard on him. The the scene with Chris Noth that you know he's trying to explain why Helen Hunt wasn't there. I don't know that that oh, actor God. pulled that off really well. But could have been anybody. Else. How, how do you do that? Like I just felt like some of the dialogue in those scenes you, you can't you can't say. You can't have a line of dialogue that covers what is going on in his head. Like, this has been four years. They're bringing him back from the dead. Like, everybody thought he was dead. He was gone. Like, how do you say that? Which is why I think when you have an actor of Tom Hanks, you know, caliber, you can rely on him to portray the unspoken, which he does for this whole movie. And those are great. I loved it when that happened. But you don't think he did it for that part of it to, to portray the sort of isolation and the lack of understanding that other people had. I mean, I don't think he it was did on it and great. off because sometimes I, I agree. when he wasn't saying anything, like I saw it there, and then all the time he gives this speech to his friend about how he couldn't even kill himself, which I thought was a, was bad. I didn't even think I don't think Hanks was good yeah. in that scene. Like I, I thought those scenes were, you know, that was the other side of it. Like those scenes weren't working. Yeah, I thought when he tried to just portray it, he just got quiet, but not in... I, 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 yeah, I didn't think it totally, totally worked there. I'm so, Chapin's so disappointed. No, 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 I'm with you. I, look, I, Lee, this isn't going to make much sense for you because you didn't feel it on this movie, but this movie makes me feel very deeply. It makes me kind of well up in a way. But I'll, I, will, I will admit to you, I don't think this movie makes you think a lot it's not it's not really right. it's not really making you think very deeply it's making you feel deeply and making you feel the loss and feel these very basic emotions like loss and regret and which uh, which is fine i, yeah, I think that's there's totally nothing fine wrong i think that. and i think i think that's, that's what it's almost harder to do yeah absolutely all right, Lee. Wanna do we want to talk about this game now that we've talked about uh, our thoughts on Castaway? How we would just change everything? Yeah. Um, well, it's interesting. Like the the last thing we mentioned there was just all about kind of how a movie, how this movie makes you feel. Because in terms of you know directors, if if we had to assign a new director to this movie and how it would then be different. Um, I got kind of an interesting thought, and that was uh, Terrence Malick. Um, now, this would be an, a drastically different movie, but so much of what he tries to cover is that theme of 
of what you know, movie of, of life and I'm, I'm talking about Malik directing Castaway oh so, so okay go ahead I'll explain <laughs> how I did it after because I did it different okay well no I'll, I'd, I'd like to hear that but i my whole thought with malik directing this is like he just kind of explores that theme of of life and loss and like you know where we where we belong in the world and how that impacts our relationships with other people and well, imagine that, how pretentious that island would look well it would it would have been a much more meandering movie but i just think it would have been interesting to kind of see malik's take on the themes that are covered in this the themes of loss the themes of time all the things we talked about and like how that would make you feel in comparison to how Zemeckis makes you feel watching this movie. But anyway, we can maybe discuss that more, but what, what, where were you going with this, Jeremy? So how I interpreted it was I thought we had to take one movie and switch the main director and actor of that movie with yes. the the movie Castaway. Those are and the rules, would, and I just couldn't. Okay. I couldn't do it with Malik. I was like, "What would Zemeckis <laughs> direct of uh, Malik's?" And so, so I was, like, I was right. You just yeah. couldn't. You broke your own rules. I just okay. cheated. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Good. Good. Well, I actually found found this exercise to be more difficult than I thought it would be. Um, yeah, definitely. Because I started with with Castaway. I started with the actor. I'm like, what other actor would I like to see portray this role? Sure. And I tried to think along the the same time period as well. So, what other actor was big around that same time period, um, 20 years ago? And I started thinking, Denzel Washington. I, I'd love to see Denzel Washington in in that role. Hmm. Yep. Um, would later work but, with Zemeckis in Flight. Well, yep. we'll get there. So, but oh. then I started looking at what what can I switch him with? What can I switch Hanks with? I can't switch him with Malcolm X. I can't switch. <laughs> I can't switch him in, in Glory. No, I, no it, way. <laughs> I don't see Tom Hanks in Training Day. Like, I, so I started going down Denzel's IMDb, and the most obvious one to switch him with would be Flight. Um, Interesting. But I can't hmm. do that be, because. Zemeckis directed both those movies, so there's no switch there. So Wait, I couldn't, why not? Why I couldn't you can't do switch? that. He has to be an actor and no, a director. I, yeah, an actor and a director okay. in one movie that I'd switch with this one. Um, so that didn't work. Ultimately, I'm like, I, I thought of a Denzel Tony Scott movie would hmm. would be something I'd want to do. Hanks in a Tony Scott movie. Yeah, well, I'm having a hard time picturing. Ultimately, that. that didn't work either because the only <laughs> one that that I couldn't do the Book of Eli because I don't see Tom Hanks in that role. So the taking of Pelham One Two Three I could do, but I've never seen the movie. I've only seen the original. Yeah. So my whole Denzel idea just got scrapped, and then I started thinking, okay, what about a more modern actor? I, I wouldn't mind seeing in this role. Um, Twenty years ago. And th- then it hit me, uh, Sam Rockwell. I'd love to see Sam mm, Rockwell yeah, definitely. In, in this role. And, and the movie it, I'd s- in Moon. In Moon. Yeah. Okay, you're stepping all over so, my... Sorry. <laughs> shut so, up for a minute. Let Jeremy have his moment. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> Jesus. So this, the movie I would switch would be Sam Rockwell, Duncan Jones, and Moon for Robert Zemeckis and Tom Hanks okay. in Castaway. I would not want Duncan Jones directing Castaway, though. I don't think Why he, not? I don't think he has the prowess. Okay, um, fair enough, but you know, that's my pick. So I, I mean, think then, it would, I so think then it if we're rating it, I I think I think we're looking at a net negative there, though. 
No. With that movie. I don't think so. I think it depends on how Duncan... It'll be a more minimalistic movie, I think, if Duncan Jones did it. Okay, I got one. All right. How about... I'm going to switch Castaway, Robert Zemeckis. Ooh. Zemeckis and, and Hanks with Spielberg and... Um, and Day Lewis in Lincoln. Uh, I feel like you got a very similar movie. Well, yeah, I just, I'm, 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 I'm literally all the first thing I thought I was like, okay, so Daniel Day Lewis is playing Castaway, which means he's actually goes and lives on that island for four yeah. years. What, well, whatever for real, whatever. So it's <laughs> uh, so it's believable. Yeah. Um, is that just too obvious? Is that what you're saying? I just think you know Zemeckis is known as a Spielberg protege. Yeah. Um, okay. It's sort it's of too obvious. It's, I it's have a little. I, if you want to think a little more, I have my my uh, my Malik one now fully realized. Okay, go ahead, um, please. Uh, so I I will switch. Can't believe you didn't have it fully realized before you came into this. <laughs> I, I'll switch. I'll switch. Uh, uh, Zemeckis and Hanks for uh, Malik and Jim Caviezel. Thin Red Line, and Castaway. That's good. I think Jim Caviezel will be really good in that this role. He's a and little too serious to do. He, do he the needs fun the stuff. work. And I think Malik could do a good job with a a war movie. You mean you mean Zemeckis? Yeah, yeah Zemeckis. Yeah, that's sorry, sorry. Yeah, Zemeckis could do a good job with a war movie with Thin Red Line. I think it's a net negative. Really, I think Thin Thin Red Line gets a lot worse, and I think. Uh, cast away, take it or leave it. Hmm. I probably agree with that. It's interesting because we. <laughs> no, what's interesting? So we start when we did this with Gladiator and Saving Private Ryan and Gladiator yeah. and Braveheart and or whatever ones we did. We we had a lot of net positives as a result of our switches. And so far here, I think we're not. We're, our switches aren't as successful, which is a credit to Castaway ultimately, and Zemeckis and Hanks. Right, 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 right. So you, I think the, the the win here is getting as close as possible to a, a, as good or better, right? Yeah. If it's somewhere clo- okay. close to net zero, yeah. What about this? What if you... Okay, could, could we just switch directors? We can try I mean, it. Yeah. Different rules Okay, I'll now, do this. Okay, how about this? What if we, what if we switched uh, Peter Weir and Russell Crowe for Zemeckis? Ooh, I like this okay. one. And, uh, that's a good one. Okay. So That's come out of the fossil oh, But the thing is, I think I, oh, I magic commander gets worse. I think it's do a net negative. I think it, they both get worse. They probably do, but but do you? Because it's two Americans replacing two kind of Australian slash. What's hard is know. like I don't know Peter Weir as a director well enough to. I think he'd do really well with Castaway. He's what, already. What done, else are you basing he's, it on? He's I filmed mean, a plane crash, Fearless. Work. He's done. He did Fearless. He's done um, Truman Show. There's a little bit of that element in there. Oh, that's right. Um, sailing on the water. Okay, how about that switch? That. How about how about that switch then? So you don't Jim do Russell Crowe because I think Russell Crowe would struggle in Castaway. I don't think he'd oh, struggle. I, I don't, think it, I don't think. I just I think, think he'd be. Right. I think he'd be great. I, but what about Jim Carrey in Castaway? Jim Carrey when? Around that time. I mean, we're talking early two thousands. So I mean. Uh, Eternal Sunshine was, was like, a couple like, years yeah, after that. that. Actually, I, Truman, I, can you imagine Jim Carrey trying to be like, Wilson? Like, that would just be obnoxious. I, Jim Carrey surprises you when he's good, though. Like, he... 
you know. I guess, uh, I guess, but but do you, but but would you be? You'd be expecting those moments. Those moments, like when, yeah. <laughs> when. <laughs> When, uh, like, when, when Tom Hanks is like, the air got to it, you know, like, yeah. he, that's so yeah. funny because you don't expect that from him, but you would expect that from, from, you'd be yeah. like waiting for Jim Carrey to, to explode. Yeah. And he would, he would um, go off on Wilson way harder. Yeah. If, if, if the time periods don't matter as much, you could, you could switch witness and cast away and you get Harrison right, that Ford. Would, that would be good. Harrison Ford in the role. And Has Peter he worked with Zemeckis? What has he worked with Zemeckis before? Um, I'm not sure. That's a good question. I don't think so. I don't think so either. Do not think so. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough to re- to to redo this movie. And like you said, Lee, that is a credit to this film. I Who mean, got closest though? Who got closest? We because if I won, I want to know that I won, and I want you guys to acknowledge it and then say I don't have anything better to say. Um. <laughs> Whoa. Jesus, uh, I don't know. I thought my moon. I thought my moon was pretty good. But see, I feel it's still a net. It's still a net negative. Okay, well, then have a, I'll throw Ridley Scott and and Matt Damon into it into that into the mix. I mean, it's just you oh, know, Damon would be the good. Martian. Yeah, Damon would be great. Yeah, that's a pretty good one. That's almost a that that one. I think is the winner. I think that's a okay. Uh, but here's the deal. So, so I think this. I think as we evolve this game, first we have to come up with a. There has to be like a um, a uh, amount of time, so like five years on either side of the movie. Why? Um, to be applicable, because you can't say because you're you're taking a movie from 2015 or whatever and apply and switching it with a movie 15 years earlier. Like, I don't think Why we not, can do though? that. That's, um, that's fine. But uh, Wait, we don't want us to put we don't want us to put Brando and Elia Kazan in here. <laughs> no, well, not unless we're talking about a movie from back then. I mean, if we want to talk about on the waterfront, so they they have to be contemporaries. I just think, yeah, you got to be within five years on either side. So within a, basically within a ten year span. So nineteen ninety five to two thousand five movies are allowed to be swapped mm. with a two thousand movie. Mm. And then we got to come up with. I mean, I mean, I guess basically net negative or net positive majority wins is a good way to score it. So if two of us say, two out of three of us say net negative, then it's a failure. But wait, and then oh, okay, somebody okay, has, to, yeah. and then somebody has to win. But then, but then, I think the hard part about that is that you only you 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 tend to remember the better movies. And so you're, you know, you, when you go, oh well, let's compare Castaway and Saving Private Ryan. It's like, well, fuck. Of course, it's gonna be a net negative. I mean, there, there's a reason those movies are so great. Well, I know, but now that now that we can prepare a little bit more for this each time around, we'll we'll be able to try to find some mm. some movies that work because the, the, the what I and think our listeners will be thankful. The reason I think this is interesting is because the last time we did it, we had net positives, and now we have net negatives, which tells me is this telling. Us that Castaway is is clearly a better movie than Gladiator. Where yes. it was, it's a lot it's a lot easier to make Gladiator a better movie by replacing the actor and director. Like, yes. And so, but so I think that's interesting. So I, but I, Castaway proves that it's not always easy to do. Well, there you go. So, all right. Feedback at getyourfilmfixpodcast.com. on how we can improve this we, game. We know you're all sitting in front of your computers. 
Nerds. Yeah, nothing else to do. Masturbating. Uh, <laughs> to get your film fixed podcast. Oh, Our voices. what can only hope. Uh, all right, that's going to wrap it up for this edition of the Get Your Film Fix podcast. Again, it's feedback at getyourfilmfixpodcast.com and find us on Instagram. Instagram has a lot of good stuff going on it for uh, a lot Get of good Your content. Film Fix. A lot of good content. A lot of good stuff. Comment on it, like it. Uh, I think that's pretty much all you can do on Instagram. You voted this and, episode uh, into existence, so good for you. We'll st- we're still going to do a hidden life, so you, you're, you didn't get we, don't worry. we just keep yeah. putting up polls with different yeah. movies or hidden life. <laughs> <laughs> just to avoid hidden life. We'll keep pushing it down the road. Uh, all right, thanks for listening. I'm staying. Finishing my coffee. Enjoying my coffee.